The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Raising the Bar with your host, Amy Bredo. Do you ever listen to that inner voice? The one that tells you that you can achieve great things just by giving yourself a little push? Making that voice heard is what this show is all about. What if you could turn your negatives into positives? You'll hear from others who have embraced that personal drive and will help you raise the bar. Now, here is Amy Bredo. And good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on Raising the Bar. I always, as I say, I'm super excited to introduce today's guest. I was very intrigued by her story, and you'll be excited to meet her, as many of our listeners are a big fan of her mom. Today, I'd like to introduce to you Miss Maddie Black. Her mom is um, Ashley Black, which many of us are familiar with from Facebook, The Fashion Blaster, and even her own show, uh, Billionaire <laughs> Healthcare, here at the Voice America Network. But the reason I was so excited to talk to Maddie was just through conversations I had had with Ashley about different things we like to do in life as far as serving people. Now, Maddie uh, gives a whole new reputation, I believe, to um, the stigma of millennials, and, I, and I'm so excited <laughs> to share her with you. Maddie, thank you so much for coming on today. Of course, of course. You know, I took some notes the last time we spoke, and I'm excited for you to share about your trip and everything, but before we kind of dive into that, I would be really curious for you to just give our listeners some background on you. It's, it's not, um, I think, very common for a lot of 17-year-old girls to have a heart not only as big as yours for others, and it's not to say that young girls are selfish by any means, but you know what? When we're going through the teen years, it's totally normal, I think, to be kind of consumed with what is going on in your mm-hmm. world versus what's going on in the world. <laughs> So I just thought that was really interesting. You had mentioned to me um, that a few years ago you were kind of just in a different place mentally and spiritually, but let's just talk about kind of your upbringing. Your mom, she's an amazing woman, and, you know, just as a mother, I'm sure there's all the normal things in life, but she really has kind Mm -hmm. of set an example about caring for others. So do you think that was something Mm -hmm. that was always in you or that you just learned in recent years? Um, That was something that was definitely always in me. Um, It took me a little while to kind of come to it because it's super easy, especially, I say it like I'm older, but um, (laughs) whenever I was a lot younger, it was super easy to get wrapped up in everything that was going on because, I don't know, whenever you're a girl and you're, at the age that I am, it's really easy to get wrapped up in, like, the way you look and the way you see things. And so um, I think that that kind of mindset has been with me for a while, but it just took me a little while to kind of put it into play in my everyday life. But yeah. You know, your mom had talked about pretty much adopting a young man and a young woman, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Having them kind of come into the home and they've become a part of the company, but they've more importantly become part of the family. When when those mm-hmm. decisions were made, I don't know if you guys as kids had kind of any input on that. And I only ask because uh, one of my children is adopted and he was adopted as an older child, not quite as old mm-hmm. as um, your family that's living in your home, but, you know, he was 11 and, and my other kids were about that age. And so I think it was kind of a weird thing to just bring up to my kids one day when we're like, hey, we're going to adopt. Hey, how do you feel about this situation? Yeah, we asked them, but again, we did what we we were going to do. So, I mean, how did how mm-hmm. did you feel about that or kind of how did that happen? Well, um, honestly, like, it didn't really phase me. I'm kind of a people person, <laughs> so I was like, cool, somebody who can, like, drive me around and <laughs> somebody who can come hang out with me. And so um, it didn't really phase me at all because at first um, – older sister, adopted sister, she kind of started out as like a, uh, she kind of babysitted us 
And okay. so she was kind of like the babysitter role. And then, you know, the older we grew, um, she became like my best friend. And we're still best friends. She's actually giving me medicine right now because I'm kind of overcoming a cold. So oh, no. it, it didn't really, um, it did not really affect me. I actually really liked it. And it's really nice to have people who are like in between the age of your parents, but like kind of close to your age too. So Makes sense. It makes mm-hmm. sense. How did your other siblings respond to it? Pretty much the same way I have. I think we would all be kind of a little lost without them. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They're definitely a great addition to the way you were raised as well, to just kind of be open-hearted. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about faith. You know, that's mm-hmm. the one thing I like about this platform is we can pretty much say whatever we want, and that's awesome. But let's talk <laughs> yeah, about sure. how how that came into play. Did you, you know, had had caring for people that were kind of cast off or in need been something that was always ingrained in you, or was this something that, just, you know, was a stirring inside of you. And I only ask that because I think I was taught certain things, but then I can also remember, like, these aha God moments as a little time kid. Yeah. I was curious to your story. Um, it kind of came to me through experience. I know that nobody likes to be that one person cast out. And honestly, I kind of have gone through that, especially these past couple of years. And so it's kind of like if I... I, like, know the way it feels, and so it doesn't feel very good. So it's kind of like having, being that person, even if you're not even close to that person or even if you don't really have any, like, super strong connection with them, it's kind of nice to know there's someone out there that's kind of just there, you know, there for whatever. Um, And so, I don't know, it's super nice to know that someone's there and out there. And I don't know, I really wanted to be that person for not any one specific, but it's it's nice to know that, you know, something's going on. You can, I, I like to be that person. I like to be that figure, I guess. <laughs> right. You know, and it's interesting that at 17 years old and, um, I mean, no disrespect by referring to your age. I just really, I really think no, it's, no, it's okay. amazing and profound in a great way that you have these, these <laughs> thoughts and, um, people probably have referred to you as like an old soul. And yeah, as, I as a Christian, yeah, what's that? I've definitely heard that for sure. I even yeah. referred to myself like, yeah. I, I got that from you on the phone. And I, and I mean, it always <laughs> kind of ma- makes me chuckle because I know we talked about, you know, our feelings and Christianity and that kind of thing. And so mm-hmm. it's, I don't really analyze it too much because I get what people are saying by that. And I, I definitely got that from you. Um, as a Christian, also, you were always taught, you know, care for others, serve others and everything. When you say that you had experienced kind of that feeling of being an outcast, was it, I don't, I hate to label it as normal because I think that many of us, I know myself included, have mm-hmm. gone through, you know, the phases of experience, the mean, you know, you experience the mean girls or uh, know, yeah. people that <laughs> click together and push you out. Is, is that something you're referring to? Well, yeah, there was there was a few relationships I had whenever I was in my younger years um, that it definitely shaped me to who I am now. But um, also, it was kind of like my family's huge travelers. So at the age of you know like ten or eleven, everyone was because I live in a sort of small town right outside of Houston. So it's not many people just don't see the world, and so I had already gone to Europe and all these different places and it was kind of like I have already seen like the way different people interact and the way that um like kids my age are and so it was it was, it was kind of like I had already seen a whole bunch of things and then I was coming back and then it was kind of like everyone was wrapped up with what was happening here when I was sort of thinking about like there's so much more to life and worrying about what shoes I'm wearing you know what I'm saying like I, I had this perspective that I felt a whole bunch of people didn't have, and I still feel that way. But um, yeah, it was it was the Mean Girls, it was the traveling, it was it was pretty much all of it. I felt I still and still feel kind of like the odd one out. And I don't know, back then it used to kind of hurt me, but now it's it's kind of like, hey, like this is a super cool skill, you know, that I get I get to use the older I get, and um, yeah, I'm pretty th- thankful for it. Yeah, it's interesting when you have a different perspective, you really find out who your friends are. Oh, yeah. You know, and, For sure. and when you're 10 years old or when you're 15 years old or even when you're 17 years old, you don't know if those relationships are going to last 
mm-hmm. you know, through time or if people's belief systems are going to be similar to yours when you're younger and then change when you're older and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, you say that even at such a young age, you were able to go to these different places because you're, you're in maybe in a different um, area of privilege than some other kids in your, in your town or in your school. But it seems like you're very grounded and you're very um, conscious of, mm-hmm. of your lifestyle and the, and the benefits of it to others are quite amazing. You know, do you, did you do anything even like in your younger years, like before you went to your trip? We're going to talk about uh, Maddie's trip to Cambodia too, which was very cool. But, you know, were you ever exposed to any other kind of poverty in your other travels before you went on that trip? Um, kind of, but I wasn't really aware of my surroundings. Like, I don't know, whenever I went to Europe, we were, we were in kind of, and it was a very, it was a nice place, so I wasn't exposed to it then, but I mean, I've, I know, Houston. Um, Houston's definitely a place where, unfortunately, a lot of people are homeless, and a lot of people don't have a lot of the things that more inner-city kids would or more, like, you know, suburb kids um, would have, and so I think the only poverty or any type of thing like that that I've experienced was probably in Houston from growing up here, but... So interesting. Really I actually misunderstood. I apologize. So I, I think that's an interesting perspective too. Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, you, you had referred to it a couple of times on the phone, you know, talking about how you were, were kind of a little resistant to maybe where you were being called in your heart or with your faith. Um, I don't know if there was some kind of significant circumstance or experience that, kind of, you know, you'd refer to, well, it took me a while to kind of figure out what I, what I felt or what I thought. Um, yeah. Can you elaborate on that at all? Um, so, I don't know, whenever I was younger, I used to, <laughs> I keep saying that like I'm, like I'm older, but that's kind of okay. Like, we know what you mean. Um, <laughs> whenever I was a little bit younger, um, I used to always kind of put a lot of my trust and my faith and stuff into, um, like, different relationships that I had, not, like, the guy, but like different like friendships that I had, and they right. to really overthink the amount of like the amount of time and effort and love and blah blah. Because I'm I'm super I'm super like a quality time like like mutual respect type of person. So I used to always worry about kind of relationships, and so right like and so yeah. So um, that was a huge player in in like how I felt. I used to always kind of follow everyone else's voices and not really mine because I was. I think I was kind of incapable of doing it since I had all these people, you know, have, with different opinions. Um, that's definitely the biggest roadblock, I think, in the way I've felt. And it still is, honestly, but I've gotten good at, like, kind of pushing it to the side. Like, okay, get out of here. <laughs> so so your love language is definitely more of a quality time affirmation. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that's interesting. Well, it would make sense then as to why your heart is so tender, you know, towards others. You know, mm-hmm. let's talk about the church that you've been involved in. Have you guys been going to the same church for quite a while? Um, no, I've, I have not. I, I went to this church that I went on a mission trip um, with for about two years. And since I'm about to go off to college, I've been kind of searching for a new one, but, um, I've kind of been all over the place. <laughs> I'm super bad about staying one place, considering that we move a lot. But um, I don't think that's a bad thing, always. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, but no, I've been at this one for about two years, I think. I'm around there. Okay, and so is there a pretty big group of kids at your age, you know, that are your age, that are kind of really involved? I think faith can be... And back to kind of, yeah, what I was wanting to kind of get. I think faith can be really scary for kids. Basically, oh, yeah. because we, we really live in a society where anything goes. And listeners may get mad at me, and I don't, that's totally their prerogative. <laughs> but I think in this society, in the way everything is, and everything goes, and everything's okay, there's, it's all gray area. Okay? Yeah. And the problem with that is that it's, because there's so much gray area, there's no direction in that. And it's interesting, you know, I had a conversation with my daughter one time, and she's like, I think she was talking to a boy, about a boy she liked at school or someone was cute or something like that. And there was no, um, 
disrespect or anything to maybe uh, whatever sexual orientation that this person was, but she's like, you know what's really hard, Mom, is that sometimes you don't know. Yeah. When it comes to somebody's faith or somebody's beliefs or orientation or anything like that, and I and I think because everything is considered okay in this day and age, and I'm totally going off on a tangent, I apologize, um, it just, it, it makes it hard to have conviction. That's my point. Mm-hmm. So those statements I made or that example I gave was without judgment or any condemnation toward any person or group, but I think it's hard for people to be convicted on certain things because everything is considered okay. As far as Christianity goes, obviously, you know, God tells us what he tells us and, you know, we believe that to be true or you believe that to be true and I'm not ashamed of that. You're not ashamed of that. So, you know, what is what are the group of kids like? Are these all kids from school or from your neighborhood or your area? And um, do you think that they express that their faith is as important to them as you've expressed to me as it is to you? Okay. Yes. Um, the people I, like, surround myself with on a daily basis are uh, kind of... I'm really picky, I guess. <laughs> you can say over <laughs> great friendship. Um, uh, they, the people who I met through my church are actually two of my best friends now. Um, but I think that everyone that I've met through that church does like an incredible job at proclaiming how they feel and who they are through Christ. And, um, I think that's definitely really hard. (laughs) Um, I agree. And I apologize for interrupting you. We're actually going to take a break, but I think this conversation can really grow. So I want to, uh, just head in now. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Raising the Bar. Today we are speaking with Miss Maddie Black and uh, gives you a whole fresh perspective on the millennial generation, and it's uh, very refreshing. We'll be back in just a moment. Have you considered expanding your family through adoption, but don't know where to start? Are you looking to get some answers and direction on how and where to start? Reach out to the community at the Echo Foundation. The Echo Foundation offers five distinct areas of support. For those children in need throughout the world, we are here to support you and guide you through your process and beyond. For more information, please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation. That's amybrado.com and click the Echo Foundation. There are over 147 million orphans and at-risk children in the world. It's a global problem, but you can make a huge difference. You can help from home or on the ground serving opportunities. Please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation tab to request more information. Our vision is to build a self-sustaining ecosystem of ideas, individuals, and organizations equipped to carry out the mission of hope for every orphan in the world. Help us with our goal of helping every child in need. Visit amybrado.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions about the show. The email address is amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. That's amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Raising the Bar. You know, again, I'm so excited to have Maddie Black with us today. Uh, For all of you who are loyal listeners and listen often, uh, Raising the Bar may be going on a really short hiatus, so I'm just excited to wrap up this 13 weeks with Maddie, and um, I'll be sure to keep everybody posted as to what's going on and when the show is going back live on our Facebook page that you can follow at Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo on Facebook. You can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook as well, um, and my handle is at Amy Bredo as well as Twitter. Uh, if you have any questions or comments today, please feel free to send us an email at amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com, and we'll be sure to get back to you uh, as soon as we can. 
Now, we, when we just went to the break, Maddie, I had asked you a giant question about uh, the kids that are kind of in your small group or that you connect with at church. And you said something that I think, again, is so profound for somebody who's 17 years old. You know, you're very specific with who you surround yourself with. And I'm sure um, your mom is very clear about that. Like, surround yourself with the people you know, that you want to become like them or they want to become like you that have those same values. So you find that by keeping a smaller, close-knit group of friends, it's easier for you to maintain your convictions and your faith. Oh, yeah, it is for sure. Um, it's it's really easy, especially when you have, I don't know, this is just for me because I have a, a bunch of friends that um, have really good accountability there's a bunch of people around them, but um, I'm really good at accountability whenever I have people that I trust around me in my inner circle. Um, yeah, the, the, the people that have been my, my close friends and the people that I kind of confide in have been um, that way only since like like a year ago. Um, so pretty recent. It took me a little while to kind of figure out who, you know, was going to be there <laughs> for me, but... It took a little while, but I definitely prefer having a few close friends rather than having just a million people around me. Um, I find that it's a lot easier to get personal and a lot easier to actually get how they really feel um, from someone who legitimately cares about you. And so I really like that, yeah. The importance of authenticity and transparency in a relationship is is huge, especially not only in today's day and age, but especially for... Um, who you are, you know, mm-hmm. growing growing up with a celebrity parent and everything has a whole mass of pressures that I can't imagine. In my mind, I like to pretend that I'm a celebrity. <laughs> you know, I'm just kidding. But like, you know, I joke around about that with my husband all the time. Like, um, I'm famous to these five people right now. Okay, you know, but I'm famous. The great thing is, is we talked about you know leveraging that network for the good, and I can just hear. Uh, you know, your mom's lesson or your mom's heart in many ways coming through in you. And obviously it's, you are your own person. You are who God absolutely created you to be. And I, I get mm-hmm. so excited by just the things you've told me before and, and how you're going to grow. <laughs> um, I know that you are a senior. You're getting ready to graduate early, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. And then December. what are you doing following graduation? So after are you going to school? Are you going to yeah. travel? No, I'm going to go into college. (laughs) And what do you think right now is your area of focus as far as what you'd like to study? Um, I'm actually doing global affairs um, at UTSA, and then I think I'm going to transfer to UT for a more in-depth major. But um, I just love the world, (laughs) so I'm going to go in and... Hopefully do a, do a job or have a career that has something to do with travel. I just That's where my heart lies. So um, that's what I'm starting out with, and I have no idea where it's going to end up, but <laughs> as far as I've gotten, that's amazing. Do you, you know, when we've talked about the world, you know, and its, and its different issues and the importance of serving, you know, you said something to me. And I wrote this stuff down when we spoke a while back because you said, you know, serving Mm -hmm. people is not a requirement. And you had spoken about how that is just a message that you just want to keep sending over and over. Serving people is not a requirement, you know, and and the things you've seen at such a young age are huge. So let's Mm -hmm. talk about the trip that you took to Cambodia with your church. Okay. And I know you were saying that was about 10 to 12 days and it was a mission type of trip. And, you know, I think when people hear mission trips, there's a whole lot of things that go through their mind. They can think it's just, you know, um, a Bible message, you know, trip, which is awesome, or a service trip as far as, like, building orphanage and stuff like that. But, you know, let's talk about how did you guys decide as a church to even go to Cambodia? Well, um, we have this thing at my church called, um, it's called Revive, and Mm -hmm. you can volunteer to be kind of like housing, and so you house like 13 kids, and so um, one of the people that volunteered to house 13 kids, they go to Cambodia, I think like twice a year, in January and June, and so um, my pastor kind of just heard about it, 
And he just was like, hey, you want to take a few students to Cambodia? And he was pretty much like, yeah, let's do it. So kind of just, wait, I'm confused. I'm so sorry. So there was a program in Cambodia where kids came here and people housed their kids? No, no, no. Okay, sorry. No, it was a a separate um, program. It was just kind of like... Oh, okay. Yeah, it was kind of like a weekend thing. It was kind of like a retreat, I guess you could say, um, for kids like already went to the church. But, yeah. Okay. And so then the people that were familiar with that program also were visiting Cambodia twice a year? Um, no, it was, it was just the people that had volunteered to do the housing. So it was, um, it was a couple, Mari and his wife. And it was, oh, okay. they, Sorry, they had offered up their house. <laughs> no, you're fine. Yeah, they offered up their house, and then um, our pastor kind of got to know them on a good level. And then my pastor kind of just brought it up, and pretty much they're... It was starting to be planned out. <laughs> so it was just an idea, like, hey, let's go there. There wasn't really yeah, a pretty specific much. organization or place that you were going to focus on, or were Mari and his wife more um, deliberate in telling you guys where to visit and who to visit? Um, we we just stayed in the capital city of Phnom Penh. Um, that was kind of the only place where we, like sort of had to stay, but we weren't, like, traveling all around Cambodia. We were staying in the city um, just for safety reasons. But, um, right, yeah, they they have done their separate, you know, going to the orphanages outside of the city and everything like that. But everything that we were doing for that trip was just in the city. Okay, so you guys start planning this trip. There's... How many did you say? About 27 people went total? Yes. I'm pretty sure it was 27 people. I could be wrong. Okay. But how many many of the people were kids or, I'm sorry, teenagers or, you know, kids your age? Um, Was it 27 kids or was that including adults? I'm just just curious as to how many lives have impacted the young lives. I I think it was like 20 kids. Okay. So... When you got to Cambodia, what was, like, your first action item? What were you going there to do or to experience? Well, I have no idea. I got I got there, and honestly, I was just taken away because it was, it was like, as soon as the, the plane flew over the country, you could just see, like, all of the buildings were super close together, and there, honestly, it, it wasn't really, there wasn't any, like, land to spare I guess you could say um, it was just it was kind of moving on itself just to see the way the architecture of, of the country was. Mm-hmm. Um, so that started moving inside me. I was just really excited because I had never been to Asia, and I was like, "Okay, it's gonna be fantastic. God's gonna do some great things this week. I don't know what He's gonna do, but He's gonna do some good <laughs> things." So I don't know. I was just super excited about the thing, the trip as a whole. <laughs> do we ever know what He's gonna do? I mean, really. We always think we know, and then we're like, what? Yeah, we, no, we don't, don't know. We don't know. So I didn't even I don't know why I'm surprised all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so when you landed and got yourselves settled, you know, you had talked to me about these college students that were, you know, making the clothes and selling the clothes. Like, what my question was is, you know, how did you guys decide as a church to, I mean, you decided to travel over there, but what was... What was the focus of the trip? What was the purpose of the trip? Was it just to deliver, you know, the good news of Jesus to a specific group, you know, or or did you have a specific group of people that you were going to visit, or did you just happen to meet these people by chance? So the the tri- the point of the trip was kind of for us to see Jesus's mercy and his power and his ability to stretch across the country and basically to see its presence in their lives. And um, it was kind of like whatever we were looking for, that's what we got out of it. Um, okay. And these student, these specific students, they were all students that are in the Threaded Leaf Project program, which is the people who we went through with Mari and them. That's their project. Um, they're specific people that have scholarships to go to college. So it was, it was this group of specific people, these men and women, um, who were in college, and we were meeting up with them to just, because they were closer to our age, we were kind of just seeing how, like, they interacted with God and how we interact with God, and basically kind of like a compare and contrast to, you know, for better lack of better words. Um, but it was kind of just like a, 
or it was more like an organic revelation for everyone. Right. It was it was kind of like you're gonna figure out what you figure out when you figure it out. I was like the whole time I was like, what am I supposed to figure out? And they were like, I don't know. It's, you're just supposed to figure out. <laughs> so, so you I was were like, pretty okay. much set free. Like we're going, and we don't know what's gonna yeah. happen. You know, you had you had mentioned like 96 percent of the country is Buddhist, and only mm-hmm. you know a two percent is Christian. Yeah. Yeah, it was so, it was really cool because um, we went there and we actually had visited the Buddhist temples and it was really cool to like see their yeah. culture and the way they think. But at the same time, it was kind of just like, all right, like the world needs more Jesus, and there's two percent. The doesn't you know, need so much Jesus. They <laughs> <laughs> were like, there's two percent of Christians in this whole entire country, and they have millions of people and so our main goal is kind of like so how can we bring jesus to the light (laughs) how can we bring him to all these people and how can we bring all these people to him so that was kind of the main focus (laughs) right and you know and i love that and i always sometimes god does things to me where i'll be talking about something or i'll even just be sitting quiet listening and then all of a sudden you know that voice pops inside of you and you're like "Uh oh i'm gonna open my mouth Mm -hmm. and i have no idea what's gonna come out you know you had said something I keep referring back to things you said because I think as these words were coming out, you may not have, again, realized the gravity of them, and I just was so excited to share them with people. I do see we have about four <laughs> minutes until the break, so we'll kind of start and then we'll stop again. But, you know, you said, I want to be, I want to work with the purpose of always maintaining a person's integrity. And I, and I think in in so many different areas or so many different opportunities that people have to share God with others, Mm -hmm. even people that maybe have been minimally exposed, sometimes Mm -hmm. it gets destroyed. Sometimes the message doesn't come out right, or the message will come out as like overbearing or judgmental or like you're cheating down someone's throat. And it isn't that we want to deliver a message of condemnation, but of, of hope and of, of joy. Mm -hmm. And of course, um, for you as a 17-year-old to say, you know, I want to work with the purpose of always maintaining a person's integrity, like, it blows my mind, and it, it just, um, it restores my faith in a, a youth generation. And I have kids your age, and I think they're great. <laughs> you know, like, we all, love, <laughs> we all love our kids. My kids are Christians, but they also make their choices, too, and we're human, and it's hard as a parent to watch your kids navigate these different paths, even though they know the truth, um, mm-hmm. you know, but they all come back at the end of the day, they all come back. But to have your focus be so clear right now at such a young age is truly God's hand on you. And I definitely uh, just, it, it just came over me now, but definitely that's going to be something I'm going to continue to pray about for you is that kind of hand of protection over whatever your path is supposed to be. Because when we do, I don't know if you feel this way enough. As you talk more about your trip when we come back, you know, as we do more things to serve God, I think is when more obstacles get thrown at us. Of course. Really curious. It's it's like, it's like in one hand there's Christianity and in the other hand there's obstacles. They just go hand in hand completely. Yeah. They do. They do. And when we come back, we're going to talk about that because I really want you to be able to share your experience and any kind of personal or spiritual transformation or growth that you had, because I think that's important for people to hear. We are going to take a quick break. You've been listening to Maddie Black and me, Amy Bredo, on Raising the Bar, and uh, we will be back in just a moment. Have you considered expanding your family through adoption, but don't know where to start? Are you looking to get some answers and direction on how and where to start? Reach out to the community at the Echo Foundation. The Echo Foundation offers five distinct areas of support. For those children in need throughout the world, we are here to support you and guide you through your process and beyond. For more information, please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation. That's amybrado.com and click the Echo Foundation. There are over 147 million orphans and at-risk children in the world. It's a global problem, but you can make a huge difference. You can help from home or on the ground serving opportunities. 
Please visit amybrado.com and click on the Echo Foundation tab to request more information. Our vision is to build a self-sustaining ecosystem of ideas, individuals, and organizations equipped to carry out the mission of hope for every orphan in the world. Help us with our goal of helping every child in need. Visit amybrado.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or questions about the show. The email address is amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. That's amy.raisingthebar at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Raising the Bar with Miss Maddie Black. She's bringing like a little ray of sunshine to my life today, and she probably doesn't know it, but now you do. <laughs> um, you know, okay, so we, we've, for anybody who's just joining us, Maddie Black is the daughter of Ashley Black, which you uh, may know from Ashley Black Guru on Facebook or any research you may have done on the Fashion Blaster. If you don't have it, get one. Sorry, I had to plug your mom there because I love it. <laughs> and, also, I want to just give um, great kudos or love and appreciation to your mom for raising such a beautiful soul. Because really, Maddie, I just think that, and as you know, God has such a plan for you. And I'm just, I hope I can just follow your journey and have you back for years to come to talk about what you're doing and how you're growing. You know, you're graduating early. You're going to head off to college and study global affairs. I love how you say, you know, I just love the world. I think so many people have a negative connotation about this world and and everything going on inside of it. And and a lot of it is very disturbing. But you, you're focusing on the hope that's in this world and and the Mm -hmm. message of God. And and you're doing it unashamed. And I just want to say amen to that. You know, it's awesome. (laughs) What's that? As a breach. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. So when you get to Cambodia and you're trying to figure out what the heck you're supposed to do with yourself and you meet these college students, you know, interestingly, you told me that there was a huge language barrier. How did you guys navigate that? <laughs> so, yeah, there was a huge language barrier. It was it was Khmer in English, which is super hard. But um, <laughs> it's, it's Khmer is kind of like a tonal language, kind of like Vietnamese, I guess. Um, because Vietnam's right there, but uh, right. yeah, there was a huge language barrier, and okay. the, the students who were there, they had been practicing, like, basic English phrases so they could communicate. Like, they were super excited for us to come, so they were, like, preparing for everything, um, and we had tried to remember, like, different phrases for them, but um, Mari was a huge help because he was kind of, like, he's been going for so long that he kind of knows the language a lot better than we do. So okay. if there was a question that we wanted to ask, he would help us say it in Kamai, help them out. And then we, I don't know, we'd draw pictures if we had to. Like, someone asked, do you like fishing? And he was like, what? And so he just drew, like, a fisherman, and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. So it was really cool. Like, we just kind of figured out with through, like, hand motions and expressions. Like, you know what I'm saying? But um, yeah. <laughs> the, love, the love was there. You felt it. So that was Kind of enough, honestly. Yeah, I can relate to that. Only I've been to Africa a few times, and mm-hmm. fortunately, there are people with me that could help. And a lot of people speak English where I was, but you know, there was moments when I was trying to communicate with children, and they don't know yeah. English. You know, and I literally in Amharic when I was in Ethiopia, the language that they spoke was Amharic. I can say like "thank you" in napkin. You know, <laughs> like. Kind of like the, the, the basics. <laughs> right. Like, and I recognize things, but my son laughs at me all the time if I try to speak it. But what, what, uh, I just really want you to, to think about this. What wrecked your heart the most on this trip? Or were there a few things that made such an impression on you where you were to say, like, I won't ever be the same? It's really funny you said that because immediately when you said, like, what wrecked your heart, it was like it came to me like that. Um, One of the biggest things uh, that I realized when I was there is how, like, in the United States, I'm not, like, excluding all the other countries, but 
from my hometown and from where I live and from what I've experienced, we take, like, religion completely for granted. We try to apply religion to our lives mm. and religion should be our lives. And so whenever we were in Cambodia, it was kind of crazy to think that, like, these people, they don't have, like, pastors. They don't have people that pour into them. They don't really have anybody to, you know, go on their journey with. But the people that were in the, um, the uh, they all lived in apartments together. It was all, basically all the people that were in the program were the people that they could confide in. They couldn't, they couldn't ask their classmates about Jesus. They don't even know who Jesus is. Um, when I was talking to one girl there, she was talking about how, like, she had just talked about Jesus, because this other girl was like, oh, I'm crying and I'm sad because my dad died or something tragic. And um, one of the girls in the program was like, oh, just just go to Jesus. And the girl didn't even know who Jesus was. And so it's kind of crazy that, like, they, for every response, it was like, oh, just go to Jesus. And we're like, yeah, let's go to Jesus. And then when it comes time to, like, apply it, we're like, okay, well, I'm so lost. How the heck do I? I have this anxiety over this situation. How am I supposed to give that to Jesus? Because I got to do this. And you kind of just go off in this overthinking phase, which I think the biggest thing I got was they just give it up. That's it. They just give it up, and they're good, and they're done, and they're happy again, and they're they're solid. And it's like we come back here, and it's like we can't give it up. We just we focus too much on the world around us, and it's kind of tragic. I mean, if you think about it, it's like, I don't know, we, sh- we shouldn't, it shouldn't be that hard to trust somebody, you know? Um, right, I, someone it's amazing. I'm so, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, yeah, no, especially especially for someone who literally determines our salvation. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I think we just we just focus too much on the things that won't matter ten minutes later compared to a lifetime of happiness. And so that was kind of the biggest thing I got out of it. Amen to that. And isn't it interesting that people with so little um, in material, you know, and in life. It's so much easier for them to have faith in the unseen yeah. because they 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 absorb the information, they process it, they proclaim it to be the truth, and they do what God is asking them to do. And then you put mm-hmm. us in this country that is so. And I'm grateful. Believe me, I'm grateful for everything I have. But we definitely live in an abundant state all the time. Oh, yeah. We, always have food in our cabinet, we throw food away when it's not right, or, you know, like, and it's harder for the people in our society to have faith, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, we can, we don't need to spiral off into, like, all kinds of crazy evolution talk and all that kind of jazz, but it's, yeah. that is so, um, I, I understand what you mean by just being wrecked by people that have such absolute gratitude for just simply being able to wake up in the morning to have mm-hmm. fresh air to breathe, you know, air to breathe and to be able to do their daily tasks. And we can just learn so much from that. And I, and I really hope that our listeners are so in, amazed and inspired by your story as I am. And I love that you said it on your own and I didn't have to pull it back. I think it's going to be your mantra, honestly, and what gets you through um, any dark days, you know, you say, as far as my faith, like, we apply it to our lives, but it's not our life. Yeah. And it, and it should be our life, because if we accept mm-hmm. it and we believe it and respect it as our life, then we are just so much better to other people. Yeah. So, for the people that you met and that you visited, you know, we do I have the information correct? They made clothes and then they sold them in the U.S. and then that was how they paid their college tuition? So there, there's the students and then there's the tailors. So the tailors, okay. um, shout out to Bopa. She's awesome. She's like, the, she's the main ta- tailor. She probably won't ever hear that, but I just have to say it. Um, she's she's the main tailor <laughs> and she lives like across the street from um, the students. So the students are separate. And then there's the tailors, and the tailors, they basically, like, we bring them fabric, and we bring them measurements, and they just make it. And then they, the clothes come back to the United States, and they sell. And then the clothing that's sold and the money and the profit all goes back to the scholarships. Do you know where they're sold in the U.S.? Like, yeah, for anybody listening, actually, because it would help that group of students specifically? I wonder if there's any way we can find that out. Yeah, it, their um, main store, it's called the Threaded Leaf Project, I keep saying it, um, you can buy it online, and then there's a store in Lake Jackson, Texas. Um, okay. 
I think the the stuff that like me and my friends made whenever we were in Cambodia is coming out either this month or next month. It's like their fall line, but um, yeah, there's a store in Lake Jackson, and you can order online. And I can tell is you that Lake Jackson? the profit goes back to Cambodia. So, okay, uh, for anybody listening, I'm going to be sure when I post a link to this program too, so they can see it at the same time. But we will get those websites, and we will get that information so that people listening can refer back. And help out, because I know I would love to purchase some of that clothing to help them, you know, to help these kids finish college. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's every, a little... I'm sorry? No, no. Every piece of clothing is 100% handmade by, there's like six tailors, and they work out of a garage pretty much. And they, they make all these hundreds of clothes. And so the clothing you get is completely handmade. And I don't know, that's, so, that's pretty cool to me. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'd be so excited to watch those sales boom because I think we're going to have some great listener feedback and listener action on that. You know, in the remainder of our conversation, you know, what is, for you as Maddie Black, 17 years old, where your heart is, where your, where your mind is, what is the message that you would want to send other people that are of your generation? You know, is there something you would tell them to focus on less and focus on more? Well, I know something that is kind of a gray and confusing area to a lot of people my age is, um, like, spreading Jesus, like, how to right. how to get him out there. And I really just believe, I'm just a huge believer on, like, Jesus can be spread by the way you act. And so I think that if you just, I don't know, I'm big on love, if you just love everybody and if you just, you just, you're so, if you're just so positive and every person you talk to, it's like this happiness. Like I, a lot of people question why I've had a bunch of people question me why I have a bunch of people that just kind of know me as like, Oh, she loves Jesus. And I'm like, yeah, pretty cool. Um, yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of, a lot of people think that you have to go like do crazy things, but it's, <laughs> you really don't. You just have to be kind and just, Jesus will shine through you if you let him. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's difficult trying to accept that and realize that and letting it happen. Um, but we don't have to, like, buy Jesus' love. We don't have to earn his love. His love is already given to us. And so, I mean, we should definitely strive to better ourselves because we as people, like, kind of suck sometimes. But um, Absolutely. He, he loves like unconditionally, completely and wholeheartedly, every single person on this earth. And that's just incredible to me considering that like my brother ate my food two days ago and I still haven't forgiven him for that. So it's like <laughs> Yeah, just I don't know. Well you were sick. So that was pretty mean. <laughs> that was awesome. You know, in our last few moments and I think you said it just perfectly and beautifully and, and um in such a way that it's it's so easy to relate to. Thank God for Jason, his awesome editing. I lost the call. Anyhow, we're back. I was saying that you said it in such a beautiful way that makes it so easy for everybody to understand. And so I guess the gist of the message is God is there for everybody, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, and even on days that you suck. <laughs> you know... <laughs> God is good, and um, I love your message, Maddie. I thank you so, so very much for being here. I do want to, again, let everybody know we will get that information about the project and where the clothing is sold. Did you? And I'll, I'll ask you more about that later. I will post that. So in those moments of when people giving you grief and everything and expecting you to be one way or another because you love Jesus, I just want to praise you for just being you, you know, Thank you. I find like people probably think, and I hope <laughs> I kind of have that bond with you where I'm like, I don't care if you think I'm weird. I totally love Jesus. It doesn't mean I'm not here. And, Jesus, <laughs> and sure. Jesus would be with all these people. You know, mm-hmm. the, the reason he came here is to be with all of us to just share that. Mm-hmm. So you are an amazing light. You should feel, um, proud of yourself yet I know you're humble so you you know what I mean when I say that but just really keep riding the wave of your faith get goosebumps in the times when you're the most freaked out 
and just, <laughs> and just go when you feel prompted. And I, I can tell That's you, sure. with the spirit you have and um, the the network of people you know, I mean, amazing, great things are going to happen. And I thank you so much for kind of letting me just share you with the world. And I'm pretty excited about, you know, keeping up after you and, and seeing what you're up to in your studies. You know, was there a message you think that any of those students would want to send to us here listening? You know, we've got about two minutes left, but I think, you know, what do you think their biggest message would be? Um, it's It sounds very basic, and it sucks that it sounds basic, but literally every single time I went to them and I was like, oh, this is my testimony, this is my struggle, they were like, just let Jesus love you. And I was like, okay, I will. I love that. He was like, okay, good. And I'm like, okay. But, yeah, it's, it sounds hard, but just, you know, just got to lay back, chill out, think about it. You know, it's a hard process, but you'll get it. It is. It is. So from the mouth of babes, everybody who's listening today, you know, it, it really is simple. Be grateful for the gift of life that God has given us. Be grateful to be able to share great news with those of us around us. And in Maddie's message, just be happy, be authentic, and show God through the way you live. And this is just a perfect example of... Um, just awesome testimony. And again, I thank you so much for being here. Please, please look for more information on Maddie Black and Raising the Bar on Facebook on the Raising the Bar with Amy Bredo page. And we look forward to speaking with you soon. Maddie, thank you so much for being here. Of course. Have an amazing day. Thank you for tuning in to Raising the Bar. Please listen for another edition with your host, Amy Bredo, next Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, get out there and keep raising the bar. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.